Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. We're back. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a another episode here this evening. It's an evening episode, which means the beer is back. We have sponsoring this episode today. We have uh, again Outstate Brewing and Fergus Brewing teaming up to bring us the not only the best beer in Fergus, but I think potentially some of the best beer in the state of Minnesota. I'm pretty sure Fergus does it right here. Um, anyways, I'm here with. Today it's a pretty exciting episode because I have another podcaster on and a and a what I would consider to be a very successful one a oh. a professional <laughs> and we're going to talk about what that means to be a professional podcaster and what that kind of looks like. Um, but I have Josh Cohen here and he is the host of Eyewitness History. So Josh, how you feeling tonight? I'm doing well, Jacob. Really appreciate you inviting me on. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah. So I met you at Outstate. Yes, you met me. You were you were behind the bar, and I happened to hear the word podcast come out of your mouth, and I thought, oh, I found a brother. I think I found a brother. We found a friend, and it's true. So, I'm really interested in this. Before we get going, I mentioned Fergus Brewing, Outstate Brewing. I also need to give a shout out to Swan Lake Resort and Campground. Uh, they've been they've been with me for a while here in this, and they always give plenty of support. They have the disc golf course going right now. So, if you guys for the month of May. So when you guys get this, there'll be a, at least a few weeks left. But for the month of May, go out there, mention you heard about them, heard about them on the podcast, and do some free disc golfing out there for the month of May. So I want to see what that disc golf course is all about. Um, also, a, I want to thank Linda Norman. Linda, you're so kind. You, um, Linda wrote me a check for this to support me, and she certainly didn't have to, but I really means a lot, Linda. So thank you. Linda's my second mom out there, if anyone is wondering that. But um also, uh, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, reach out to me, ffbspodcast at gmail.com. I'm looking to try to get a little bit more serious about that uh, this summer. So if you guys are interested in coming along with me, I would love it. Um, anyways, let's get into Josh's story a little bit here. Why don't you just uh, get started? We'll get into like the deeper history, but just give us an overview of what you do, eyewitness history. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jacob. So yeah, my name's Josh Cohen, live here in Fergus Falls. I've been into podcasting for probably the last, I'd sp- I suppose, eight or nine years, and I'm, I'm sure we can we can dig yep. deeper into yep. that. Um, and for the last year, uh, I've been the the host and producer of a podcast, as you mentioned, called Eyewitness History. Okay. Now, as the name might suggest, uh, I interview people that were eyewitnesses to historical events, and the the, the interviews are extremely varied. I could be talking with a member of Queen one week, which I have, uh, and then with a 9-11 survivor the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed, actually, recently I had the pleasure of interviewing the inventor of podcasting. Right, we're going to talk Curry. about that a little yeah. bit. We're going to talk about the history of the recording devices. We're going to talk about the history of podcasting and the growth of how that all came to be. But um, So you run this podcast. Let's get a little bit about your history. Where are you from? Where were you born? Well, I was born in Niagara Falls, New York, but okay. that's a... Uh, um, I, I've really been living in Minnesota, uh, I'd say for the last 20 or so years. How old are you? I'm 34. 34. Yeah. Okay. So we're about the same age. An old and then, man. Yeah. Right. We're old <laughs> men. We're old men. Um, what, what did you, what was growing up in New York like then? Well, I didn't grow up in New York. I grew actually, uh, I was born in New York, but I actually grew up, uh, in the cities here in okay. Eden Prairie. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a decent upbringing, you know, proper, I guess, uh, middle-class suburban, uh, upbringing had no, no thoughts on, you know, well, no one had any thoughts on podcasting back then. It didn't really right. exist. Right. And if it did, it didn't exist as a, as a career. Right. Um, I majored in business as a matter of fact at Normandale community college, eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, uh, prior to podcasting, I was a, in IT. So I was okay. a project manager, then I was a senior project manager. And I actually, when I exited IT a year and a half ago to pursue this professionally, uh, writing and podcasting, that is, I was a vice president with, um, with a fire alarm company actually. Okay. Um, and yeah, then I, I made the decision, you know, yo ho ho, a pirate's life for me. And I decided to to give this a shot and here I am so, and here we are talking. <clears throat> surely, surely here you are as a paid professional podcaster. Eyewitness history cannot have been your first podcast. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, I kind of cut my teeth on a podcast. I started completely on my own uh, and it's still in effect. It's called unfiltered with Josh Cohen. Okay. And on in that I've interviewed some pretty amazing people. I've interviewed Tal Bachman, who is the person that wrote the song. She's so high. Which some of our she's so oh, high, that's it high above me yeah yep. oh sweet okay <laughs> I had him on twice actually uh, Peter Hitchens who's a, a well known conservative commentator and journalist brother of the late great Christopher Hitchens who I also aspire to I really admire his writing okay um and uh, and yeah so that uh, the creator of Roger Rabbit Gary Wolf so you started out just interviewing people and getting yeah. their stories yep. That's awesome. That's the, isn't that such a great thing? Isn't it so fun to hear people's stories? It's a, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm an extremely curious person, Jacob. Yeah. So I, I love just asking questions. Maybe we're the stories. same. Maybe you and I are the same. Maybe we're, we separated, just, yeah, at birth. Maybe we're just separated at birth. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, <clears throat> so you worked some odd jobs in tech it, it sounds like, um, mm. and then you got into just that one podcast before. Did you do some other stuff before you got in with eyewitness? Or, or eyewitness history. Well, that the podcast I mentioned, unfiltered, yep. uh, with Josh Cohen. Um, that was where I I got all the experience as far as like getting comfortable interviewing. Yeah, which is you know as as you know right. It took me probably twenty oh, yeah. twenty five interviews mm. before I became. I'm just now starting to figure it out, and yeah. I and there's a long ways to go. There's sure, a long ways to go. Well, yeah, hey, absolutely, me, me too. It's a yeah. never ending journey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, just the two though. Yeah. Okay, and yep. then this. Uh, Eyewitness history is part of, say it again, the pa pa yeah, Pathion, uh, Pathion? Uh, uh, Parthenon. Parthenon, which mm -hmm. is a historical word. What is it? Do you know what Parthenon means? Yeah, it's a, it's a building in Greece. Okay. Um, held up by, uh, by pillars. So this is, a, mm -hmm. this is a podcast network. Do you want to talk about where that came to be and how that started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, me and about uh, five other podcasts, uh, all, all to do with history, are part of this podcast called this, excuse me, this network called the Parthenon Podcast Network. And we're owned actually by a pretty well-known uh, media group, which some of your listeners might know called Salem Media. Um, Salem Media is a, a Christian conservative uh, okay. network, and they, they host shows by people like Charlie Kirk, uh, Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, and Sebastian Gorka, who I've also interviewed, and okay. many others. Um, gotcha. And, and yeah, I didn't get on the ground floor. Uh, they, they, they pulled me in about, as they say, about a year and a half ago to, you know, launch a show with them. Did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? How did that relationship spark? Yeah. So Salem was looking for actually a, a writer and editor for its history website called history on the net. 
Okay. Um, they were looking for, yeah, managing editor um, and, and and someone also to do podcasts. Now, as I'm a, a writer, editor, and a podcast. So you had a background in writing. Were you like a creative writer on the side prior in life while you were doing all your tech work? Were you always kind of writing and always kind of interested in this field? I was always kind of writing, yeah. Uh, I, I, not, not really a background in creative writing as such, but I got into writing, I'd say, probably around the same time I started doing podcasting because my podcast was – it, it, it was a podcast, but it was also a blog. So it gave me oh, the chance to actually, you know, put my stuff out there, you know, just random ideas or thoughts or just anything I felt like uh, groaning and whinging about gotcha. that someone else might want to read. Okay. Don't, by the way, I'm drinking all the beer here because you're doing all the talking, but <laughs> feel free to have a sip. We yeah. do have, we're drinking here. The first beer of the night is the back road hazy. I figure I get it started with something that I know I know I enjoy. And I have a feeling that these, uh, these two I got from Andy over at Fergus are going to be really, really, really good. We've got, um, let's see here, this Fly Flamingo. It is <laughs> a, um, I think we, we're working with, it's, it's, it's an Imperial India Pale Ale. So I don't know exactly what that means, but the can is beautiful. There's a little pink flamingo on it. Should I was we, admiring it earlier, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to crack this thing open and Absolutely. try some of this here. But um who owns that? How, so you you mentioned it's run by the run by that media company that like a big um like so basically a corporate yeah corporate media company. You guys are underneath them. That's right. And you said there's how many podcasts involved in this? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be me, uh, Richard Lim, who does a podcast called This American President, uh, Steve Guerra, who does two podcasts, uh, History of the Papacy, and Beyond the Big Screen. Um, and then, uh, so that's Richard. Oh, and then uh, James Early, who does Key Bowels of American History. Okay, it's all all history. Yes, all history in yep. the, underneath that umbrella. Right, right. Okay. right. And, and then, uh, and then Dr. Scott Rank, he has our flagship podcast called History Unplugged. Okay, so talk a little bit more about how you how do you coordinate these guests? Because that's I find it difficult to even get business owners here in Fergus to sit down and have an interview <laughs> with me, let alone the most, some of the most, you know, successful or busiest people in the world. Sure. How do you get them to come on? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still figuring that out myself. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think it's really important to have a, a really, really good uh, introductory email. I know that sounds unbelievably simplistic and stupid, but I, I wouldn't want to try to book a guest without having, if, if I had that and nothing else, I could probably make it work. Hmm. Um, so that intro email, you know, real quick, you know, who I am, what I do, what I'd like to speak with you about. And then I always make sure to include, um, I call it uh, like an ego stroke in there. Uh, the, the exact line that I have is, um, hmm. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you get this request all the time and you're probably too busy to even read this email. Uh, um, yep. And yep. so, so start there just a, a little, little beak wetter, you know, no, no shame in that. Um, and then as far as, uh, how I track these guys down, they're actually surprisingly accessible. I found, um, when I interviewed, uh, when I interviewed, uh, uh, Adam Curry, all that was, was a case of just going to his site, um, and finding his email address. And I'll, you know, uh, if this is helpful, there's a, there's a software called hunter.ai, Okay. And what you do is you key in a URL into it and it will pull any email address that it can find off that website. Okay. Uh, yeah. How long has that been around? That's a, that AI, everything dot AI. Is uh, <laughs> everything dot AI is probably up in the last couple of years, right, within right. the last year or two, huh? Um, I've only been made aware of it 
excuse me, in, in the last year, I think it's Hunter AI. Uh, okay. Now I'm going to second guess myself or, or Hunter, Hunter.com. Okay. One of those. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Well, I want to, I'll get into a little bit more about, I want to get into more about your podcast yeah. but before, before I have some notes here, my assistant went through and made some notes and it's kind of a lot here, but I'm going to bounce off you a little bit as we get into this a little bit more. Sure. Um, but this is just the history of the, of recording devices in general. So the earliest forms of audio recording, uh, dates back to the 18, the late 1800s when inventor, uh, inventors such as Thomas Edison and Emil Berliner developed devices that could capture sound and play it back. Edison's invention, uh, the phonograph used a needle to engrave sound waves onto a cylinder wrapped in tin foil, which could then be played back by running the needle over the grooves. Um, oh, you don't have this sheet. Did you, oh. you were, you were hoping that you had, I should have printed out two of no, these. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, um, Ber- Berliner's invention, the gramophone used a flat disc made of wax or shellac instead of a cylinder and used a stylus to play back the sound. So closer to a record, but not quite. Um, and it looks like the first microphone was invented in 1876 by Alexander Graham Bell, but the sound quality was very poor, very soft. It wasn't until a year later in 1877 when Thomas Edison um, improved the microphone with the invention of the carbon microphone and it captured more sound, um, condensed it and captured more sound. And then that was in 1877. So that led to the rise, the rise of radio broadcasting in the early 1900s. So that's when um, you first saw the radio broadcast pop up. And then the first um, radio station, KDKA, was uh, in Pittsburgh in 1920. Um, the, ri- the Really, the rise of AM talk shows began to spread throughout the 30s. And then by the 50s and 60s, we saw the growth of the transistor radios, which made, made it easier for people to listen to the radios on the go and all of that stuff. Um, and that led to a lot of like political commentary shows. And that was kind of really the birth of like talk radio ideas as we know it. Um, what you would, I guess like a lot of the stuff that, what that is podcasting today was AM radio for up until what? 2004, pretty much. I'd say, yeah, 2004. I, I remember pod. I remember I first heard the word podcast when I was in high school, which would have been, when did you graduate? Oh, seven, 2007. Okay. Right, so, so yeah. um, and then in the seventies and eighties, cassette tapes became popular, allowing uh, people at home to record and listen to music um, and other audio content at home. In the 1990s, the rise of the internet and digital technology led to the development of digital audio formats, such as MP3, which made it easier to distribute and share audio content online. Uh, the term podcasting was first coined in 2004 as the rise of the smartphone and iPod were uh, happening. Um, and it, this just made it, it was basically, it was Adam Curry, actually. Adam Curry and Dave Weiner. Dave Weiner, yeah. Dave Weiner. And I would love, because you interviewed Adam Curry, I would love for you to talk to me about that. So Adam Curry was what, an MTV guy at the time? Yeah. Right? Um, yes. It was such a blast interviewing him. He was a very nice guy. Um, yeah. So he was a VJ with MTV back when uh, MTV did. A VJ? What's a VJ? Video jockey. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good, that's a good clarification. I just thought of that. <laughs> 
Um, this is good beer, by the way. This, yeah, this uh, is. Uh, I, I was admiring. This is a flamingo. It's, the, it's a flamingo. It's a pineapple citrus stylish is the way it's described. And it's made with bits of real flamingo. Made with the tears of real flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> so go back to finish. Pick up there where you're talking about Adam Curry and the invention. So the word podcasting comes from a combination of iPod and broadcasting. So podcasting. So had the iPod not been invented first, we would have a whole different term for what we call podcasting. Zoom casting. Yeah, whatever. It would be <laughs> MP3 cast. I don't know what it would be. You know, it would be something different for sure. He, yeah. So he, he was um, a VJ with MTV back in those, in those early days um, of MTV and basically decided that he, he, he thought he saw this sort of wave coming the, what we now know as podcasting. And he got in touch with Dave Weiner, who's effectively, it's a bit of a long story, but he's basically the inventor of the blog. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, got in touch with him. And uh, basically the whole thing had to do with um, incorporating RSS feeds into, uh, how could the average person control their RSS feed? Because once you can do that, you can, you can drop it effectively wherever you want. Right. And the RSS feed is basically a link to your hosted content. Yeah, perfect. I mean, it's, that's, it, a, that's the simplest way to, to put that, right? You host your content somewhere and that link, and then there's a link that you can share that link yeah, wherever so like it's I, distributed. I, yeah, so like I have my eyewitness history, your Anchor yep. FM, I give you my RSS feed and now I'm now I'm in Anchor. Right, yep, for yep. Instance. exactly, exactly. So they invented that RSS distribution system then. Yeah. Interesting. So they must have been... Um, more than just like they must have been techie guys too. Is 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 was Curry a techie guy? He was a, he was a bit of a techie guy. He did a lot of his own production er, early on. We we talked about this at the beginning of our interview. He actually did uh, pirate radio in okay. the Netherlands, <laughs> uh, Radio Picasso, I think it was called, and uh, and yeah, that was how he kind of got his his production chops. So he, I feel I, I and these are my words, not his, but I feel like he's always been a bit of a techie at heart in, in the guise of the sort of people facing interviewing VJ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to get into, I want to, I want to finish off this history, but I want to circle back to your personal history a little bit and ask sure. a few more questions about like getting into podcasting as a job kind Great. of, and what that, what that looks like and what your day-to-day -day tasks are. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so after it was invented in 2004, Curry actually supposedly it's believed that the first um, podcast was the daily source code hosted by mm -hmm. Adam Curry in 2004. And then by 2005, um, when Apple added support for podcast subscriptions and its iTunes software, it really started to take off. Um, so then by 2009, Joe Rogan started the Joe Rogan experience, which is obviously now the biggest show in the world. Um, and then it looked like in 2019 was when Spotify started making significant moves into the industry and they acquired several podcast networks and started launching exclusive shows. And then I believe it was 20, 2021 or it was just within the last few years that Spotify contracted with Rogan and took over his show and he's exclusive to Spotify. Yeah. So you kind of see this, um, business of podcasting it's very young we are very i still consider this in the early stages of what it is going to be or where it's going to go as far as how it's going to disrupt and change the way content gets distributed 
I would I would broadly agree with you. Yeah, I, I I think we're still in the early stages, but we're also in a bit of a of a catalytic moment because, as you point out, everyone's aware of of podcasting. Everyone's yeah. aware of of how big it is and is becoming. Yep. Um, celebrities are starting podcasting. I don't know. I can't name a damn celebrity now that doesn't have a podcast. Yep. They're they're everybody has. They're one. on my turf. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what 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 will happen in the future with it. Um, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Talk about yeah. Talk about just a little bit about what it looks like to be for for your job. So you are you required then? Do you have a you have a contract with them that requires you to do certain things? Do they have editorial power over your podcast? So uh, no is the quick answer. Uh, okay. But I'll, I'll 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 dig into that. So I don't have a contract with them as such. I'm a W two employee with uh, Salem, and my actual uh, basically my my duties are switched between being the managing editor of History on the Net and also being the host of of this podcast. Um, basic- His, History on the Net. Yep. Talk on, about that for a second. Sure. Break that down for me. Sure. Well, History on the Net is the the website that uh, that Salem owns that I'm the the managing editor of. I I write for it. I also contract with you know, freelance, uh, historic uh, writers on history to publish their content. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, you know, written content. Um, it's a great online, uh, history source for students, professors, anyone interested. Okay. Um, and then you, <clears throat> you kind of mentioned this off the air. We, we talked about it off the air, but <clears throat> I love this. Like, I think I heard it from uh, Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk who yeah. said like, <clears throat> People need to take their view of what they see on YouTube and all this, like Joe Rogan and all this, like big, super successful influencers or content producers. And they need to look at what their niche is and be like, I think his quote was like, people need to be okay making $50,000 a year making YouTube videos about corn. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like just like niche little things. Cause podcasting is about finding a niche mm-hmm. and diving into that niche. And that's not always going to look like uh thousands and thousands and millions of subscribers or making tons of money. So I'm really interested. You're kind of like the story of the blue collar, <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. the, like an average man making it, making a living out of podcasting. So is that like, um, did you, uh, did you have another job that you were working on the side or was this like a, I'm interested in that transition in, and when, like, I, I know you kind of mentioned that, like, did, did you say they reach out to you or you reach out to them or how did that, how well, did that transition in happen again? <clears throat> yeah, no problem. Well, I, I, as I said, I originally applied to this, this uh, applied to the position with Salem for history on the net. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said that podcasting would be included. Um, okay. or, or, or might be included. Then they saw that I had my background, and this is a point that I, I want to make sure I touch on. Um, uh, they saw that I had this this background with Unfiltered, which I'd never been paid anything for anything I've ever done with Unfiltered. Um, but because I I did the work to have this experience, they saw a value there, and then they said, "We want you to to host a show with us." Okay. Um, so I think, you know, one thing I, I want to make clear, I suppose, to our listeners that, that I think a big lesson, whatever, if it's of any value to anyone, is I like to try and live on the intersection of fortune and preparation. It was fortunate. It was luck 
that, you know, that Salem was looking for this, for uh, this particular person at this particular point in time. And I happened to find the application that's luck. But the fact that I had all this podcasting experience as well as writing experience to be able to throw on a resume Mm. to convince them to reach out to me, that's preparation, Mm. right? So when those two things intersect and coalesce, that's where I like to be. That's where I try to be. And that's that's certainly played a a more than small role in where I'm at now. So so we already talked about quite a few of the guests you've had on we mentioned some of the some of the big names i was scrolling through i don't know how many you must have 100 episodes out i think around 80 80 okay yeah. so i mean yeah we're talking world war ii survivors 9 11 holocaust cia agents yeah um what's the craziest story that you've ever like what's the what's the one that stood out to you the most of all your episodes you've done or a couple of them that stood out to you the most you can think about that. I'm going to drink some more beer. You can drink some more beer too, if you need to. <laughs> I'll take a sip, but I got yeah. my answer. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. Two. Can I give you two? Yeah. Give me, yeah. Give me, give me a couple. I'll give you one serious one and one non-serious one just to balance the books. Um, so last year I had the great pleasure of interviewing Frank DeAngelis. Okay. Frank DeAngelis is the former principal of Columbine high school. Dang. Oh yeah. my gosh. He was there that day, April wow. 20th, 99. Uh, wow. And I had him on for a little over an hour. And if Oof. I, it shouldn't be me who says this, but I believe it was a great interview. It's what, one of the interviews I am most proud of. Yeah. Um, Dang. And the, the story, <clears throat> um, collect my thoughts on it for just a second. Yeah, that's I, a deep topic. That's a, that yeah. would, that would be a lot. I could only imagine. Um, I was actually, I'm, th- I'm thinking about doing a little bit um, other more with like audio recordings. And I want to get into recording people's life stories not yeah. not in a public format but for like private recordings to share with their loved ones sure and i am imagining the the, the depth of the the conversations that are come up with people who are on their like potentially on their deathbeds sharing their life story but <clears throat> you get to hear from people who have experienced true tragedy i mean that must have been an intense interview. It, it was intense, but it was certainly illuminating and informative. Um, and 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 the story is, he was trying to save these two girls, and you know, high school obviously, and you know, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold are, are in the school, of course. And uh, he has this massive band of keys, um, you know, big, large band of about 150 keys, I think he told me. Um, and the door that they had to get through was locked. Um, and he couldn't, you know, fumbling through the keys just was a, was a no go, uh, because Eric Harris was coming around the corner and you know, what would happen if he saw them? Um, so he grabbed a key at random off of this band and the key worked first try first go unlock the door. He said, and he told me, you know, uh, Josh, that's why I believe in God. And he told me, uh, in later on, he said, one of those girls, he ran into her recently, I think last year at a, at a soccer game. Um, she points at a girl, a little girl on the field. And she says, Mr. DeAngelis, uh, Mr. D, they call him Mr. D. Um, if you didn't find that key that day, she wouldn't be playing on that field because I'd be dead. Hmm. It's very intense. Yeah. Um, Damn. So that was certainly one. Uh, another. Uh, so I had the, the pleasure of interviewing a gentleman named Spike Edney who is Queen's key, the, the keyboardist for the band Queen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people talk about like the unofficial fifth member of, you know, the Beatles and Rolling Stones and so forth. He's the unofficial fifth member of, of Queen. 
Okay. Um, and he played, he was there at Live Aid, the infamous, okay. you know, and I, and I got to ask him about that. You know, what was your, what were you feeling when you, you know, arrived on stage with Freddie Mercury and Brian May and, and the rest of it? Huh. And, uh, and get this. So they start off with Bohemian Rhapsody. That's their first song. It's a medley that they do. So they're transitioning from um, Bohemian Rhapsody to Radio Gaga. And there's a, a synthesizer that basically intros Radio Gaga. Okay. He's in charge of that synthesizer. Uh, and he said he was, his exact quote, he said, my heart was in my mouth because this synthesizer, this synthesizer uh, messed with me in previous engagements. Um, it was, it was my fault, but it, you know, I, I have ruined shows because of this synthesizer. Um, so, you know, I, I'm waiting for my, my cue from Freddie Mercury. Um, he does it. I hit the button and thank God it worked. Um, and then they go right into, you know, all we need is Radio Gaga. Sorry for the concert. <laughs> no, but, it's perfect. <laughs> the people but, will enjoy it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was very interesting. Imagining what it was like on stage with them. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So I'm interested in, obviously you have all your, like, do you have, how far out do you line up guests? Uh, how does that work? Because. I'm I'm wondering like and how do you backlog your episodes? Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, so when my when my podcast launched, uh, I guess it was April last year. I had uh, I think I had a month of backlog, Dang. and that that's weekly episodes. So that's four episodes. Okay, um, so that's all you're contracted to produce a certain amount of episodes, a certain amount of content. Not not really contracted. Like if I want to, I could do even more a week. Um, I choose not to because I want to focus interview by interview. I don't want to feel rushed, you know? Um, and they give me great freedom to be able to do that. Um, okay. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I release one episode a week uh, every Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, some, that's proper Mike. I got the Grandma's Garden Rhubarb Sour I just cracked open here. I like the Grandma's Garden. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites yep, when I go good. out I'll there. Save some, I'll save some for you here. I'll pour <laughs> a little bit in, I'll save some for my you. My man. So, yeah, um, you can con continue a little bit. And if you want, to yeah. talk about some of the yeah. guests or future, I'd love to like, like either backlogging those episodes, what you'd so, like some, yeah. How you go, go about that process. Yeah. yeah. Th th there's some utility there too. I think, um, anyone looking to start a podcast, I would say if, uh, uh obviously you have great episodes and, you know, decide on great content, but make sure that you have a backlog because there's nothing worse that you're, you're coming up on your last episode and you haven't got any interviews lined up. And of course you have to allow for a turnaround for editing and so forth. Right. Um, so uh, I would say I have at least a month's worth of backlog currently as, as it stands today, I have my backlog runs through the end of August. Wow. Yeah. I've been a madman since January. I, I was, I was clearing uh, up until maybe two weeks ago, I was doing three interviews a week. Cause I suppose <laughs> you don't, you don't really have time sensitive content. Like you um, wouldn't, you wouldn't have something well, that would be like, uh, this is going to affect people next week. Like some of the stuff I do on this show is yeah. not super time sensitive, but it's a little bit more time sensitive so to get it, out. Right. So it depends. And that, that's a bit of a management thing as well. So one of the, the great, um, you know, not to use a fashionable term, but one of the great privileges of uh, being with a bigger media company is I get to find my email and my podcast name on the list of a number of uh, PR firms who reach out to me. You know, and they, they say, hey, you know, would you interview such and such? They have a book coming out in the middle of May. So oh, I, so, so we'll okay. do that interview. 
But then I got to make sure that I'm kind of talking with the PR person, like, okay, when when do we want this interview to go out? Because very often they want it to be launched in tandem with, uh, you know, a publication date. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So you'll yeah. coordinate that stuff and figure out where it fits on your schedule and rearrange them as you need to and all yeah. that. Okay. Yep. And then, so you must have how many then like 20 episodes or something like 15 episodes in the hole right now. So yeah. Something like that. At, at least 12, you know, four yeah. episodes is a month. So yep. at least yep. three months. Dang. Okay. So as far as you, you mentioned there was a, a PR firm that gives you leads and feeds you, feeds you people to interview. Well, kind mul of? multiple PR firms. Um, how do you uh, get registered? How do you get set up with those? Uh, is that through your network? Through the yeah. Network yeah. Somehow, some way they have, they have my email, um, whatever, whatever magic the PR firms have on their end to find, you know, podcasts. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. No, no, it's literally, um, so, uh, I'll tell you this. So I interviewed, um, let's see, who's a good one. I interviewed Jan C. Scruggs. Uh, Jan Scruggs is a Vietnam veteran and he's the creator of the Vietnam, uh, veterans Memorial wall in DC. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And his PR person reached out to me asking me if I'd be interested in interviewing him because, Last year was, I think it was the 40th anniversary of the, of the wall being built. Um, now you don't, you don't pay them to come on the show. Do they get paid no. by the network to come on the show at all? It's all just, nope. out, they're just volunteering their time to tell their story. To, to tell the story, yep. you know, and, and there's a trade-off too, obviously, you know, they're getting publicity. Yep. Sometimes they just, uh, honestly, there are times that they, for whatever reason, I, I have a, a charm in the email that entices them. Just yesterday, I had the great honor of interviewing Michael Chertoff, who's, who's the former head of Homeland Security. He, wow. He co-wrote the Patriot Act, and he was one of the chief oh prosecutors. Oh, my gosh, in man. Yeah. You've, had, you've, had some big, you've had some big people you talk to then. Good for you. So Thanks, you do, do you vet through a bunch of people then? Do you have to like tell people, like, ah, your story's not quite what I'm looking no, for? Uh, or do you pretty much like take a lot of the people that come your way? If I can find a home for them, like I'm, I'm not in the, you know, I, I didn't get into podcasting to say no to people, right? Yeah, um, right. So Amen. if I can, if I can find a home for them, I'm, I'm all for it. There are times that it just isn't for me. Like, you know, someone reached out to me last week, said, "Hey, you know, so and so has written this uh, amazing new book on the Revolutionary War." I'm like, "Well, that's, I can't do that. That, that's as far from eyewitness uh, yeah. history." You know, you want people who have been there. Uh, I, I, ideally, yeah. Now there have been occasions where you know someone's released a book. You know, um, my father was a. Uh, uh, you know, a, a fighter pilot in World War II. And we've, uh, th through this, you know, reading his private diary entries and, you know, so on and so forth. I, I've written this book about these incredible experiences. I'll make exceptions for that. It's not ideal if I'm being completely honest. I don't mind being honest. It's not ideal, but you still get great stories, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, so I do, I, I do still think there's some utility there as well. Okay. So, and if you want to keep talking about coordinating guests, you can, but I want to kind of roll into business future outlook, or in this case, podcast future outlook. By the way, listeners, if you're listening, you may have picked up on it by now, but this is a little bit different interview. We're not exactly, a you are, we're not exactly a Fergus Falls business, but if people wow. haven't, if people haven't figured it out with me, I'm going to talk to, uh, to all different kinds of people with all different kinds of businesses. Yeah. Pour some more. I'm, I'm going to talk to basically anyone who wants to talk on this show, who, uh, who is doing work and producing cool things from either outside of Fergus falls for Fergus falls or from Fergus falls out for the world. So I think cool. it's really cool that we have somebody who's in Fergus here. Who's part of this like national nationwide, <laughs> like push to get some really cool content. But Thanks, man. what do you think about 
the future of eyewitness history, the future of the network that you're involved in in general. Like, yeah, what, first of all, what's your job security like? Mm. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, so far so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ask me in six months. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so far it's been fine. You know, the, the show I'm, I'm proud to say is an up and comer. Uh, and it's got the backing of, my boss. And well, my you were ranked. Boss. You were you were like a ranked podcast. Over, weren't you ranked? Because I had heard of you before I met you. I had heard of Eyewitness History. So, so I'll tell you this: uh, where I was ranked that, that I'm aware of, and maybe you know, maybe there's other rankings I'm not aware of. But the ranking that I'm aware of is about maybe five months into my podcast, um, uh, someone from Podchaser reached out to me and said that I had one of the top ten history podcasts in Vietnam. In Vietnam. <laughs> so, okay. But, but hey, you know what? Look, I'll take it. I'll take I, I remember, it. I remember feeling it. really buzzed that, that day. Like, oh, yeah. sweet. Like, I'm, you know, uh, just keep going. You know, I like to think, you know, I like to think I've got one of the top podcasts in Fergus Falls. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you can get, you got to take it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> and also celebrate the small victories. Yeah. Celebrate the small victories. I think that's so important because in addition to like, working towards the destination, whatever that is, you got to also enjoy your journey to get there. Otherwise, yeah. where's the fulfillment, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else then do you think you, you, can you talk about the episodes you have yeah. backlogged? Like what's, what are some good ones coming up? What's coming out this summer? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> coming soon to a, to an outlet near you. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> well, uh, Michael Chertoff is, is one. I interviewed him just yesterday. So that's going to be coming out. I'm for reasons you can probably guess. I'm very excited about that one. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to push that one up just cause it's really cool. Uh, I interviewed the former managing editor of people magazine, uh, Landon Jones, who he wrote a book, um, on princess Diana. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to to push that one out. That was a he was a lot of fun to to speak with. Um, let me see. Uh, ones I have coming up. Do you guys give this? Do you get? Does everyone get the same outline? Do you do a custom tailored outline so for every show? I was very impressed with you when when I got your your message with this uh, general outline. Listeners, I'm I'm looking at a piece of paper that says general outline on it, and going to Q uh, Q and A and call to action and so forth. I don't have any of this. Okay. <laughs> the, I, I have that, that email template that I told you about, um, where I basically say, you know, I've, I, I want to hear great stories. I've interviewed Holocaust survivors, Saturday night live writers. Um, so you so must so be, it, it, honestly, I, I couldn't imagine leading an interview without an outline. Ah, so you must so, be really good at it. <laughs> do, do you mind if I, give, if I give you my thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started interviewing, uh, literally like my first, maybe five or six, uh, I, I found myself getting into what I call a checklist mentality. Mm. Checklist mentality is you have your questions and you, you're not really having a, a real organic discussion like, right. like, like we're having now, but you, you're anxious just to be checking off questions as you go down. Yep. The net effect of that is you're going to have a cold yeah. interaction and listeners Absolutely. are smart. They can, they can feel it through their headphones. Yep. Right. And it, yep. it won't be interesting. Yep. So, but I had to, that was probably, that, that was something I really had to work on was being okay going off script and, and letting it flow. Now, just to be clear, I, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. I 
absolutely prepare. And I do have a, a question sheet. I don't have an outline, but I have a question sheet. Yep. And then I'll have like random notes underneath my questions. You know, how, you know, he, he said, you know, this regarding that. And then I might mm-hmm. pull that into the discussion a, because it might lead to a more interesting answer, but B, I want to signal to him or her and, and to the listener that I did my research. Yes. <laughs> you know, yep. cause you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, you're, you're interviewing someone and then, you know, you, you don't, they say something that you didn't really know what they were going to say. You don't really know where to take it then at that yep, point. Yep, yep. I've gotten comfortable enough now. I'm, an, I'm enough of a grizzled veteran now. I've done well over a hundred interviews at this point mm-hmm. uh, between my two podcasts that now I'm able to do that, go yep. off script and, and, and just roll with it. Yep. That was unthinkable even two years ago. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I tend to find myself, I specifically tried to design mine for open conversations. Yeah. So it was more like sectional. We go through and have some open conversations, but I've definitely felt that in some episodes, like, Oh, I'm just kind of going through here and Checklist just like, sort mentality. Of like, like an automatic thing. Yeah. And by the way, don't feel bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's very human no, and very no, normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, for, you know, for me, it, 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 um, I'm a very sporadic guy with my mind. My mind will go this place, that place all the time. So I uh-huh. absolutely need, I'm a guy that needs to stay grounded in this sure. stuff, but um, let's get back on to my checklist going down. <laughs> but um, talk about the network and some, like, would that be something that has open positions? You don't really deal with any of that. You're more of an employee. Oh yeah. 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 But I'm, do you know if there's open positions within the comp within the network or within the company? Not especially. No. Well, I should rephrase that no more than anybody else would, you know, Salem right. has its, you know, website careers right. page and so, right. so on and so forth. So no, no, sorry for the boring answer. No, no, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I just wanted to, wanted to ask on that. And then I, and then if there's anything else you want to add to your podcast operations, because otherwise I have some, I want to get into some advice and mistakes. Ah, that's great. Uh, no, let's, let's get on with All it. Right. Uh, so, that's great. So let's get into, let's get into biggest business mistakes regarding podcasting or whether it be the IT world before podcasting, but get into like some of the biggest mistakes you've made. Yeah. That's a great question, Jacob. Uh, while you do that, I'm gonna finish this beer. We've got, we still have more beers here. We did you you finish the flamingo beer? We've got this, this Belgian style quadruple air ale. It's by the grace of quad is the name of it from Fergus Brewing here, and this is I think it it, it won or it was third place in the state of Minnesota for Belgian style uh, quadruple ale. So. It must be good if it won competition. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna crack this open here and we'll get. I was we'll get I was eyeing that. that one also. Yeah, right. So. The, the the quadruple ale and it looks like, holy cow! This is a 10 percent alcohol beer. So oh boy, we are gonna be feeling this one at the end of this one. So let's hear about those mistakes. So yeah. So so uh, um, I I think I'll do it, do it in reverse order. I'll, I'll give you the the lesson I learned from it and then I'll I'll go into the mistake if that's right. Um, so what I learned from this is, um, don't pursue something that you're not really interested in just because you think it might get you exposure or to that next level or, you know, to, to uh, another phase or degree of success. Uh, so I was reached out to by an agent and this was years ago. This was with unfiltered. So, you know, now, uh, I'm, Proud to say that, you know, I, I get this fairly regularly, but at the time, this was like the coolest thing ever for me. Someone right. reached out, found my email and, and reached out to me and said, Hey, I, I love your podcast unfiltered. Would you consider interviewing my guest? 
And just just the idea of, you know, they called me Mr. Cohen. And, and that in those days, <laughs> give me, call me Mr. Cohen. I'll give you everything I had. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, so his client was, uh, I, I better not say his name, um, uh, an, an economist, yep. Swedish economist, r- wrote a bunch of books on economics. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, well I can, you know, let, let, let's see. Um, I interviewed him. It was a, can I swear? Uh, we don't, we try it was not to a freaking slog. <laughs> it was terrible, huh? It, it was, it was awful. It was yep. God awful. Uh, he, it was a phone. Um, so first off we're talking about, uh, economics, yep. like the driest topic ever. Sorry, economists. I love, dude, <laughs> the, the, I will have a, I can have conversations with anyone and, and eco- economics will be so exciting for me. Okay. It'll be boring for everyone else, but I love it. I it, love it. Hey, you know what? Uh, <laughs> uh, Maybe I'd love the interview. Maybe I'd love this cold interview that you had. Huh? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I hope, hopefully I destroyed all evidence of it. You didn't so, ever post it. Huh? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. So, uh, yeah, so I, I I did this interview. So first there was that, which I'll speak for myself. I consider to be a dry, uninteresting topic. That's just my preference. Um, but he himself had a very robotic voice. Um, and I, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I, I genuinely thought about someone that like spoke like almost like, uh, like a like cigarette Steve. smoker with a hole in there. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say like a Stephen Hawking without offense. Oh, I hope, but like, oh, like yeah, literally okay. like that kind of machine, machine voice. Um, uh, you know, so robotic voice, dry subject. Uh, it, it just, it, it was just, painful. It was, it was, painful. it was painful. It was painful. It was painful. Uh, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, if I can't stand doing this interview, <laughs> you know, yeah. why would I inflict my listeners on it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the lesson that I got there was, uh, by the way, I ended the, we, we did the interview. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I blocked the agent. I blocked the, the economist. Oh, well, actually, gosh, I, 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 I should clarify. <laughs> I should, I should clarify that a little bit, actually. So the agent, I my original hope was to ha, uh, start a relationship with with him. You know, he has clients he, I can interview. Uh, the day before our interview, no, the day after our interview, I found out that this economist dropped him. <laughs> so the one thing that I kind of wanted out of it, I wasn't going to get. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. So only pursue stuff you're at least halfway interested in. You can at least feign interest in them. And by the way, I, I accept my bit in that. Like I, I'm sure if I'm coming into it with no enthusiasm, low energy, et cetera, it's, you know, that that's not a good way to start. By the way, guys, if you're listening out there, if you're listening out there and you're a Fergus Falls business owner, do not let this discourage you. Cause I'm going to interview everyone. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of a, of a, of a, subject that might be boring to someone i'm gonna suffer through he's talking to me (laughs) no 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 i'm gonna suffer through any interview that people that people want to have on this show because i think it's very 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 important to tell people's stories from our community here so don't 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 get discouraged if you're out there and you've got like i've got a robotic voice i don't want to go on the (laughs) don't 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 think that way because i there's a spot for you here there's a seat for you here in the office yeah i've become uh you know uh Grizzled and cynical over well, the last. Well, and you're running. Years. You're running a. You're running a bigger show. You're running oh. an. You're running a show with international reach. I'm very locally targeted. Um, I tend to think that the people in Fergus Falls are very forgiving. 
They're very nice. They're everybody, very nice. Everybody here, here is very nice. Coming, coming from the city. Sorry, yeah. sorry, city guys. Uh, <laughs> right. from, everyone is so nice up here. Right. So let's move into, unless you have any mis- other mistakes you want to touch on. <laughs> uh, no, I think I embarrassed myself right. enough well, there. <laughs> let's get into, let's get into your best business advice. And this one's, I'm really going to take this to heart because I'm interested in it as someone who is in growing and deciding if this is a field I'm going to be in for a while, or if this is just a little blip on my career radar, but what's your best business advice from somebody who has made it in the blue collar podcasting world? Yeah, golly. Um, I think a lot of it, I kind of maybe touched on a lot of advice. Kind of you touched in. on a lot of advice throughout this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, one thing I will say, uh, kind of what you're, what you're doing now or, or have done, um, don't be afraid to, to do free work to get experience and, and pad your, your resume. It's only been in the last year and a half year. Um, yeah, year and a half that I've been like making money doing writing and podcasting and so forth. I did so much free freaking writing, Jacob, uh, and so much free podcasting with unfiltered and and my blog. And I, I written for a few news outlets as well, you know, um, for free because I wanted to, to just hone the craft and get good at it and have something that I could put on a resume, mm-hmm. long-term strategy. I think that's, that's a start for sure. So don't be afraid of, of that. Um, if you're good, uh, don't feel like you're owed anything. Don't feel entitled um, and just work to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself to be someone who's fairly unentitled. Like I don't think I deserve any, Right. You know, I think the working for, for working for free thing is something that's kind of unique to content producers, because I, a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of industries that you're going into, you wouldn't I wouldn't recommend a lot of people work for free if they're trying to start a business or they're trying to do something. Yeah. But when you're about producing content, or you're about making a show the quality has to come first. The passion has to be there first. Like you have to be passionate about it, whether the money's in it or not. Right. And, and maybe just to sharpen that, um, that's another thing I, I might say is follow where your effort is going. Um, and what I mean by that is what's the stuff that you find that you're, that you're happy to do for free. Mm-hmm. Right. I was writing because I enjoy writing and I happen to be a, a, a good writer mm-hmm. and I enjoy that. And I also, as we talked about earlier, I love hearing stories and I'm just a naturally curious person. Yep. Well, there's a market for both of those things. Hmm. We happen to live in America. America is um, a great country if you're a writer and a podcaster. Yeah. You can, you know, there, you, you, you can be treated very well if you happen to have the skill and yes, the connections and, and you know, uh, more than a little bit of luck. You can yep. make it happen. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. If there, we're going to wrap up the conversation here, but if there's anything else you feel like we didn't touch on the people who are listening, if you're listening, uh, subscribe to eyewitness history, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find eyewitness history Yes, and, and just go through. I mean, I don't expect anyone to go just like this podcast. I don't expect people to listen to every single episode. Oh, I do every (laughs) single episode, but, but go find, find the ones you're interested in. I'm going to go listen to that Adam Curry interview. I'm really interested in that and listening back on that. I'll check that out. Um, otherwise, how can the people get a hold of you if for some reason, they feel like, cause I think I have someone I should send your way. Oh. I think you should interview my sister who was in Haiti during the earthquake in Haiti. 
And oh. she was she was working at an orphanage in Haiti during the earthquake. And I think that she has a really good story that would be interesting. I'm so. I'm not I'm not just saying this yeah. because we have the mics running and uh, I sound like a dick if I if I say no. But I'm actually genuinely interested in that. Yeah, yeah. So, how can the people get a hold of you if they yeah. have a story? If they know, know someone who's experienced some big historical event or been a part of some big thing, how can they get a hold of you? Cool. Uh, no, thank you, Jacob. Uh, yeah. So, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can email me. My email is going to be Joshua Cohen C O H E N. So, Joshua Cohen at SalemWebNetwork.com. Okay, I will make sure I get that in the episode description. So that people don't have to listen back to that again. But and, and if sorry, and, and if you do have any uh, any people that you want to put my way, if you want to uh, if you want to um, subject line the email Fergus Falls podcast. Yeah. All right. I love it. Then you might get you might get the inside lane. Get exactly. Inside lane exactly. There. All right. Well, I really <laughs> I really appreciate it. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate getting to have different perspectives on the show. Um, this was very much so personal for me getting mm. to talk to another podcaster and kind of getting to hear about what it looks, what it might be would look like to, to be a professional podcaster, just making not a ton of money making an average man's salary and just doing, doing work. So I do want to ask though, what, when you want, you produce one episode about, they're about 30 to 40 minutes each or an hour oh, long each. Uh, yeah. So uh, typically they're between a half an hour to an hour. Um, but honestly, my philosophy is, the episode will be will be as long as it needs to be. Yep. I interviewed someone who was president uh, president who was present at the Kennedy assassination. Whoa! Uh, and it was you know just her quick experiences during an event that was very quick. You know, the interview itself I think was maybe eight minutes long, Dang. and that's including my intro, my outro, and it's a whole podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting, interesting. But, but like when I interviewed Adam Curry, I think I had him on for an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, okay. So yeah. So all in then between the interview, the editing, the posting and all that, like how long, how long would, would you say it takes you to, to produce an episode? Cause I don't edit this by the way, the world's getting this unedited. Cool. I'm going to clip in the intro. We're clipping in the outro here. They're going to get the conversation Great. raw. How much time do you spend editing that stuff? Not long, not long. Oh. I, I I generally keep it pretty, uh, my editing's pretty light. Like uh, we talked before we went on air here, uh, I'll edit out swear words or I'll, I'll you know, bleep them out um, in Audacity, by the way, great program. Um, and then- uh, Audacity does the transcripting or what do you do with, how do you get the transcripting? So uh, there's a website, <laughs> not to make you laugh, otter.ai and it otter. is called otter by the way otter.ai yeah. yep. okay my hand of god um <laughs> uh, yeah so otter.ai uh you you import your uh your mp3 into it and then it it transcribes it then you can control f to find you know whatever word you're looking for and you can uh edit that out um and then uh if there's parts of the conversation that i just don't think are interesting or germane to our discussion you know, I'll, uh, I'll edit those out as well. Gotcha. So, but yeah, uh, sorry. And then, and then I will send it off to my main editor who like edit outs all, all the errs and, and they ums. work for the network. They work for the network so as well. So you do have an editor that you send your stuff to, to the network and yes. they go through it all. They, so they do but, have, oh, but not, he's not with the network as such. He's a freelancer in the Philippines actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you did the network pays him though, or do yes. you have to pay him? Nope. Network pays him. Okay. So he's contracted with, with the podcast. Network. He is. Gotcha. He is. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and that turnaround that get comes back to me. If I do an interview on a Monday, and what will he take out or what will he do? 
Will he compress so, it? Will he change the audio quality yeah. and fix all that? Or? So, so he'll take out the ers and the ums. He'll do a thing with my uh, with my canned intro and then my specific intro. So the canned intro for the the for the the podcast and then my actual intro to the guest. He'll 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 transition those two clips um, in a smooth way. Interesting. Where, okay. where, versus it being hard, which I'm, you know, I, I'd like to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the turnaround of that will generally be about three days. If I do an interview on a Monday and I get it to him that same day, I'd expect to see it probably Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Um, and that's, that's it. Then I set a, pu- a published publication date. We use a, a backend called Spreaker. That's where you upload them to that. Yep. That's where we upload them to. And that's what sort of sends them out. And then, you know, Spotify and Apple podcasts and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, you have we, to register have your feeds. feed through them yep, and stuff. That's but right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I'll see you around. We'll be in touch. You'll have to belly up at the bar. At out. You're always at out. Not always, but you're at out state. <laughs> I shouldn't say like always. You're always. not always. There are some people that are always there. You're not one of them, but um, you're there often enough that I all have some conversations with you. I'll see you around for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, so. man. It was, it was such a pleasure having me on Jacob. I really appreciate you uh, reaching out, inviting me. And it was a blast speaking with you. Yeah. Well, anyone who else, anyone else who wants this experience, come on in and sit on the microphones. I want to have you. Um, I've got some, I think some really good guests lined up here in the future. Lots of people today was a fun day. Lots of people hit me up today. It's always exciting when people hit you up and say they want to come on the show. I love that. That's great. So anyways, I appreciate it. We're out of here. I got to give one more shout out to the sponsors. We're not drinking Stumbinos tonight. We've got Fergus (laughs) brewing and outstate in the house. Um, Swan Lake resort and campground. Get out there. Tell me you heard about the podcast. Do some free uh, disc golfing in May. And then uh, I've got the listener support as well. So if you guys want to get in on some monthly support, that link will be in the uh, description if you decide you want to do that. Boom. Boom.